the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo. Boys acting like they ready for that orange crush. Try us if you want to wheel leave you in the dust. The men in orange, baby, got orange on my back. Be the ones, now it's time for us to bring it back. Long as I got my fan club, y'all can't harm it. El Battalion in the Texan Army. We MLS champ, so haters back back. Another game on the field, my team gon' grab. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dynalytics episode number 15 i'm here with my co-host osg and what's up y'all what up what up tonight we have a very special guest for y'all ted meyer from the united 96 podcast is here with us tonight ted welcome hey thanks thanks for inviting me on guys i appreciate it um i, I wish you none of the luck on saturday but but we can be friends we can be friends right now <laughs> Spoken like a true American, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Ted, tell us about you. Tell us how you became a DC United fan, and also tell us about United 96. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I guess I'll start with myself. I mean, I've been a fan um, literally since I was a kid, the typical 90s kid uh, who whose parents signed him up for youth soccer. And he's not really interested in it. And then, uh, you know, my my dad really got into the team. So I'm kind of that that first generation wave of 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 fathers getting into the team. And then it kind of gets passed down to you and it becomes a either a badge of honor or a, or a 10 pound weight. You got to carry it on the back. And recently it's been about a 10 pound weight. I got to carry on me to, to to watch DC United as of late. Uh, but I've, I've been a fan since I was a kid. I've 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 been through, I guess, the the, the second wave of of good soccer with um the uh 2004 cup you know leading into that um that's really when i started to get into the team and i've gone to games i've 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 been around so I, I, you know i've been a fan and united 96 is a podcast i do with um with john hoffman uh, we're live we're live mondays at 8 30 we talk dc united we also have a spirit uh, washington spirit side where we talk the washington spirit uh, we're, we, we ran RFK refugees, which is our podcast name. And we decided to, uh, to kind of spin that off into, into United 96. Um, and we created sort of a, a RFK refugees podcast network. Uh, so yeah, uh, things are going well. We, we love talking DC, having fun. Um, you know, we interact with fans all the time. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. When you say you're like RFK refugees, are y'all, are y'all missing that stadium? Or are you are you not? You know, I know Herman's got a more detailed question about your stadium. It gets to segue. Yeah, I, honestly, I, there is there's some there's something special about um, RFK that I don't think we'll ever be able to replace. Um, yeah, it was a. I, I think that the phrase everybody likes to use. Yeah, it's a dump, but it's our dump. Um, I mean, when the, you know, the Washington football team um, left in 96, I mean, and I think it was 96, it was around then, I'm pretty sure, uh, DC really kind of made it their own. I mean, I mean, the most thing I miss is sort of the tailgates. I mean, even when the team was really bad, uh, the tailgates at at RFK Stadium were legendary between the supporters group and everything. Um, and, and honestly, you know, there, there is one small group that's trying to like replicate it, but it's... Uh, it, it's really not the same. Um, so, I mean, in, in that sense, I miss the stadium. Um, I do love the, the, the sight lines at, at, at Audi field. There really isn't a bad seat in the house. 
Um, it doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles that you're seeing with a lot of the of the current crop of stadiums. Um, in my mind, it's still a solid stadium. Um, I, I live in Richmond, which if, if you don't know, is about two hours away. I, I figured out a, a pretty good hack to get there uh, using public transportation. And um, overall, though, I mean, I, I do I, I enjoy my experiences out of field. You talk to some fans, they'll they'll have their complaints. I'm sure they're there a lot more than I am. So I'm sure if I went as much as they did, maybe I start to develop some complaints. But um, overall, like I love Audi Field, but obviously RFK, the, the the memories and just the camaraderie and atmosphere that that existed at that stadium, I don't think is something we'll see uh, ever again in, in Major League Soccer or American Soccer in general. What, what do y'all have? Four, four cups? We have four, four MLS cups, uh, 13 total trophies uh i guess is what they like to say um not much in a while though so it's been it's been a it's been an intense dry spell as as, as a lot of the fans will continually remind everybody about yeah that was that was a little bit you answered some of my questions already uh so um. for us here in houston at least i speak i speak for myself okay I have not had the chance to travel much, especially to the, I'm going to say Northeast, even though I don't know if y'all consider yourself Northeast in Virginia or, or the DC area. Mid-Atlantic uh, Northeast, pretty close. Yeah, Mid-Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Mid-Atlantic. And like you touched on something like public transportation is different than here in Houston because here everything is so spread out. Mm-hmm. You know? So we need cars. Like there is no public transportation to get to the stadium only if you stay within right next to the rail which is just the inner city for now but everybody lives outside in the suburbs and then just the suburbs keeps growing so my question was what happened to rfk what are the plans did it get demoed um and if it, not, what are the plans and this is more like a shot at fedex field i think they ditched y'all for fedex field right but oh uh, yeah RFK is in better shape than FedEx Field, right? It's debatable. Uh, it's right? it's 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 honestly debatable. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I I mean, I certainly had to deal with my fair share of uh, of of falling concrete, chipped concrete, um, right? Seats falling off. Uh, but I, I can't. I can say in my uh, you know over ten years of going to RFK Stadium, I never once had raw sewage dumped on me. Um, from from leaking oh, pipes so or 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 a guardrail completely falls so i mean in all honesty you you may you may have you may be onto something there there are plans to demo it um i believe in in a few years uh right now they do have sort of a campus they've sort of taken the parking lots and they've sort of transformed it into a sort of a park and fields it's actually they, i think they've done a really good job of it um of course the 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 long persistent rumor is that they're going to demo they demo RFK Stadium uh, for uh, for Dan Snyder's new cathedral that he wants to build, uh, though th- things are not going well there. So who knows who knows what's going to happen with that site? Um, it's going to be definitely demoed. Um, I, I mean, I would I would love it if I mean, I guess some part of me would love it if someone came in and made something, you know, a, a big stadium. So. Mm-hmm that wasn't funded by Dan Snyder, maybe would be, would be a good thing. Um, uh, uh, but, but uh, I mean, I, I think it would be interesting to maybe have a, a stadium in there that could actually like host like national team games again. Um, I went to at least a couple national team games there and 
you know, again, again, the atmosphere at those games really couldn't be beat um, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I remember vaguely the the Costa Rica um, U.S. game uh, at the end of the 2010 qualifying. Uh, that that was a pretty pretty special game, and, and to have it at that stadium. So I would I would love it if if they built if someone came in built that stadium whose name was not Dan Snyder, and that game that stadium kind of became like a, a Wembley or something. In, in the capital city of, of the United States, which I think should have a should be a, a part of soccer in, in some capacity, um, either hosting U.S. men's games or, or other things. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the capital is where the, you know, the national team belongs to play. That's one of the first places you they come to the capital, play the national team here. But, you know, like Dan Snyder, let him spend the money to build you this place and he's going to mess up somewhere and just forfeit everything. And then it, <laughs> it, it's there. And then y'all can find a way to, you know, to take it over. But it's in, it's, it's built. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, trust me, he's doing everything in his power to to expedite that. So, but <laughs> he's doing everything in his power to to make sure that happens. Trust me, I yeah. But we'll see. So, you you mentioned you started speaking about the new audio field, and that that's what I wanted to get your take mm-hmm. because for for our stadium, it's it's kind of you can you can basically have the upper bowl and the lower bowl that's kind of the way our stadium is designed here in houston but yours just looks like straight one level steep you know like one mm-hmm. like one section steep all around is that i mean is that accurate or how's it, the view it, do you like it it is incredibly it is incredibly steep it um, is right yeah they 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 had to make a lot. And, and what I will always contend, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of DC fans that have traveled to other stadiums, particularly more recently built stadiums and have a lot of envy. Um, the, the difference is again, like you talked about is space. And I, I will always contend that the DC had, they had to deal with a limited amount of space. Uh, now there are still things they could do with the stadium. Um, you talk to any DC fan, there's, you know, the roof is still is not finished. There's two exposed sides, just kind of some basic things I think pe- people thought would be a part of the stadium. Uh, the sun situation is absolutely a, an issue. Um, the sun basically so- shines right into the camera. So playing like a, you know, three, four, five o'clock game um, is, is, is a challenge from the TV, uh, from a TV perspective. Um, but I mean, from, from overall, it, it is incredibly steep. Um, it does give you incredible like sight lines. Um, I think the the fact, you know, my, my, one of my biggest fears was that with no roof, we've seen a lot of these stadiums, even if it's loud, the atmosphere doesn't quite keep in. Uh, but honestly, I've been at games when the stadium has been packed and full, you know, maybe not completely a sellout. Uh, and it sounds loud. It sounds loud on TV. It sounds loud on several, several other things. So it's, it's a, uh, it's. It's it's an incredible. Uh, it, it, it it sounds loud and it definitely brings an atmosphere. So, um, so yeah. So that that I guess that's like yes, it's steep. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all over the place right now. Well, our game is at six thirty, so we'll be listening for the noise and looking for the glare, you know, um, on the TV from our end. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Six thirty. Well, it'll be eight. I think it'll be good. Seven thirty-eight. I think it'll oh, be yeah, pretty. Right, the, yeah. sun, the sun will pretty much be down, but. You get some of those other games, and I'll tell you, there are some games I've watched where it's like, it's like a, it's like watching a watching a movie with the amount of lens flare you see on the camera. So <laughs> they've actually had they've had to switch it to the other side sometimes because the sun has been so bad 
Um, and one of my friends had, had season tickets at, at one place that they had to move him because the, the camera was just, it, it was going to be just in the sun. So, well, what I got two, two more questions about the stadium <laughs> and then we <laughs> move on a little bit. Cause I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sporting event uh, nerd. Like I love stadiums. So I find these things very curious. So, one of them is, like, I, I know at one corner of the stadium, there's, like, a nice, like, sun deck or, like, it's Heineken that sponsors that little space in the corner or something like that where it's kind of elevated. It looks like a nice place to hang out. Is that exclusive or any? No. No, okay. it it is actually, it, yeah, it's the Heineken and the Heineken bar. Mm-hmm. It is actually completely open. Um, okay. There are seats there. Yeah. I'm not, I, I have seen, like, I've seen, like, seat numbers on there but i'm pretty sure like you, if you get there early enough you can just like grab a seat and um just sit and watch the game um but yeah that place is all open um i, I think that they they wanted it to be kind of like a pre-game like place to hang out uh, yeah there's you know beer vendors and things like that actually <laughs> during uh when early when the season opened there was a there was a lot of protest um over over fan treatment and basically that's where the fans went was the Heineken bar uh, to hang out and watch the game. So they weren't going to be supporters. So um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun experience uh, to, to go to that area and it's got a nice view of the field. Um, you get there early enough, you can get a seat out there and uh, it's probably, I mean, one of the better seats in the house without actually having to pay for like a, one of the box suites that, that's right. over there. Right. And then the other question was, I heard there's a, a specific tight entree that they serve at this DC stadium. I'm curious if you tried uh, the pupusas at the stadium. Oh, of course, man. That's a, that, that's a long holdover from RFK. Um, sort of a, a throwback uh, with, you know, with the El Salvadorian population we have, they have in DC. Right. Um, I mean, I, I won't call them like world-class like food, but yeah, like yeah. it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's something that's unique. And it's something I think that that still kind of makes the, the stadium unique. It's what I anytime I go to a game, I almost feel like I like have to do it. It's just like, right. Like, I, like I, I, yeah, I could get a thing of chicken fingers. And also, I don't go that much. So I'm sure if I was a season ticket holder, I would not do this. But like when I go there to games, when I go to my, you know, three or four games, three or four games a season, you know, max. Um, that's what I do is I is I eat those. Uh, I eat the pupusas. Uh, it's it, it's become almost like a, a part of the game, um, part, a part of the of going to the game up there. So. Um, yeah. And you'll hear arguments. You listen to our podcast, you'll hear um, arguments between me and my co-host about uh, whether you want to defile it with green hot sauce or you want to eat it as it should be. So um, nice. <laughs> what was your boat? Oh, no green sauce, man. I said I said he, I said he defiled it with the green sauce. You know, you, you don't eat. It's not meant to be hot. It's meant to be savory and flavorful. You don't Agreed. need to put hot sauce on it. Agreed. Agreed. There you go. You're smart. I like you already. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so kind of changing topics from Audi Field. Do y'all have as 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 the construction of a new stadium? Did y'all build? or enhance your training facilities or where, where does these United train? So, yeah, that, that was a major thing. Um, they actually just, uh, I think it was, it was really either beginning of this year. Or I think, I think actually, if I remember correctly, it was actually like towards the end of, of last season. Um, they built a, a 
modest uh, training facility, I'll say. Um, and that's another point of contention with fans. Uh, basically out in Loudoun County, which um, if you – I don't know Houston geography. I don't know if I can really explain it. But, I mean, Loudoun County is – uh, it, it is pretty far um, from from D.C. I'd say uh, at least 40 minutes, sometimes depending on traffic, an hour away from from Audi Field. Uh, but it's something I think the team needed to do. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it would be awesome to have it in D.C., but you just don't have the space out there. Um, so they actually um, this has kind of been a multi year effort from the team um, where they. Uh, Found that they have a USL championship side in, in Loudoun United, so they built uh, Segra Field out there, uh, which some people will contend as to as to how how good of a stadium that is, and, and they now have the uh, the training facility that's out there as well. Um, so I, I think that's been a major step for the club because for the longest time they were they honestly they built the stadium um, and they were still using all their office space was still at RFK and they were still using the RFK. Uh, training fields um, basically out outside the stadium to for training and uh, they were I think they also there's also like a St. James which is like a huge like sporting club type of like uh, where they where they trained so I, I think to have a training facility to have something they can call their own like a, a, a base of location um, can really help a lot and they've actually just recently gotten that so um, I've, I've, I haven't been out there. I've seen some pictures. Um, it's, it's very modest. We're seeing a lot of teams build very fanciful training facilities, uh, you know, LA, New England, you know, teams like that. Uh, this one is not, does not like capture the imagination. I'll say that. Um, but apparently they do, they do have room to grow and expand it. Certainly it's loud and it's, it's basically like there's nothing out there. Um, so uh, I'll be curious to see kind of how it grows. Um, I think a lot of fans were critical of it because I think they expected more, um, but I think they did enough to get something in there because they desperately needed it. So um, I'll be curious to see how they grow it and expand it. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And I I lied. I did have one more. <laughs> Aldi is next to or very close to Nationals Park, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, it is. It is because I'm hoping what I'm trying. I'm going to go whenever it lines up perfectly that we play the Nationals. But granted that the Astros are in the American League versus a National League team, that's going to be very hard. But mm -hmm. that's one. That's what I want to do one year. If if it lines up perfectly, I'm gonna make that that trip. But the you brought up an interesting point. London United and and am I pronouncing that right? Because I know Loudon Loudon. I'm not even gonna attempt that. I'll probably... <laughs> it's fine. Uh, is that your MLS Pro team or is that a USL team? That I mean, that's uh. So they're they're in the USL Championship for right now. Um, I think the league is going to sort of mandate everybody move to uh to MLS Next Pro mm -hmm. um once uh, next season. But they, I think the Loudoun United had signed like a three year. This is their third year, I think. So they had signed a three year contract. Mm -hmm. uh, to play at uh, to play in USL basically with with USL, so they can't break that. I think um, New York Red Bulls too is another team right. I think that's still playing in USL. Um, so so yeah, they're doing that, and then they're going to move to to probably move to MLS Next Pro. Um, you know, after after this season, I think is the is the plan. Red Bulls is your rival, right? Like that's who oh you yeah, most? yeah, yep. that's what I thought. And then. Talking about London United, do you follow them at all? I'm curious. I want to ask about one player in particular. I don't know if you follow them closely or 
Yeah. So I, I will say I, I keep I keep I keep track. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I watch every game? Um, I also have a local team in Richmond here, the Richmond Kickers. Nice. Uh, there's only and there's only so much uh, so much bandwidth, and particularly sometimes their games overlap. So um, I, I mean, I do pay attention. I keep track. No, I know no. who's playing, but no worries. I don't <laughs> worry. I got another one then. Okay. Thinking about you, you started the show by the reminiscing, you know, like the RFK days, kind of like I'm an Arsenal supporter, kind of like I, I, I understood the move to be kind of like moving from Highbury to Emirates, basically like leaving the memories behind, right? Your favorite DC United player. Oh, it's, time, it's time Moreno. Jaime it's time Moreno. Moreno. It has to be. It's naturally. It's- yeah, it's it's a lot of people like a lot of fans. I feel like they're like the Marco Echeverria, the Jaime Moreno camp. I'm I'm 100 on the Jaime Moreno camp. Uh, I I maybe it does the fact that like you know again I was what six seven years old when like Marco Echeverria was like really playing out, and um, I don't I don't really have like too many like distinct memories of like watching like Marco Echeverria. Uh, but I have some. I have so many memories of watching Jaime Moreno uh, play out there. And name uh, just, one. Just, what's name one? A memory. It's anything that comes to mind quickly. I mean, any everybody will tell you about the. Every DC fan will tell you about the the O four. Um, I'm not sure if that was a. If 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 it was necessarily Jaime, though Jaime has a has a great goal in that game for for a number of reasons. But um, the 2004 Eastern Conference Final between the Revolution. Uh, long regarded, I think that the, one of the best games in in uh, in MLS history, uh, just as the atmosphere. I, I attended that game actually live. Um, somehow, somebody convinced my parents to let me go on a school night when I was in middle school, um, and it was by far one of my favorite, like just one of my favorite experiences. Um, it was an incredible game, and uh, Jaime Moreno has one of the cheekiest goals you will ever see in uh in mls history um basically matt reese if you haven't seen it just go watch it you can not you can find highlights of it i'm sure but matt reese uh basically cheats like expecting the cross and leaves his near post completely wide open and moreno takes one look and says oh okay you're gonna do that well i'm just gonna shoot any scores so um it's it's quite it's quite a hilarious goal to watch uh if you've ever seen it but yeah that that, that game holds a special memory um special place in my heart uh for 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 what happened no that's perfect and and i was hoping <laughs> i kind of i kind of was hoping that you said jaime moreno because one of our uh listeners uh marlon mm-hmm. he had he had a question about jaime um it is it is our understanding that he's currently coaching in your u18 academy is that correct or he might, you know what? I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I know he might be involved in the team in some capacity. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the latest news, obviously, for him was was making the Hall of Fame. Uh, he suffered a uh, a pretty bad golfing accident uh, where he almost actually lost his eye. Uh, so oh. fans actually organized uh, a, a GoFundMe to to basically raise funds for for that. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I'll have to look. I'm not. I know he. I know he was involved in the club in some coaching capacity, but I'm not sure if he is still. If that is who's, still his role. Who's the Loudon coach? Uh, Ryan Martin is the Loudon coach. Um, so okay. he, he's been involved with the team for a while. Because uh, Wikipedia was confusing because they, they they kept mentioning U23 when I was trying to research him earlier to find out where he was at, but I couldn't get no good information either. Yeah. 
I, I'm not really sure. He he's he's they say he's I know he I know he was he might have been involved. I know they did have like a U23 team at one point. Um, but I think he I'm not sure he's really heavily involved in the in the team as of right now, at least to my knowledge. Um, I could be very wrong. So the stem off of the coaching, what kind of involvement is he does he have with the the team and the fans and player involvement and interaction and commercials is he a, is he a a, a a a player profile uh, i guess a a figurehead there i mean he certainly i mean everybody i mean if you ever see him at audi field all, all the fans know who he is i mean he certainly has a place and I, I know he does still live in the in the dc area um i mean all i will say all i will say is that i i, I don't think he has much if, if he's not the u18 coach like someone asked um, I don't think he has much of a role in the team. I mean, that's been <laughs> that's been the one criticism of the team is that they 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 tend to not hold on to their history. Um, though a lot of people will uh, say they held on to Ben Olson for for too long as as coach. Um, but he certainly is still a figurehead. People still talk about him. Um, you know, he's in the Hall of Tradition with you know our sort of Hall of Fame for DC United. Um, so he is certainly a player that is that is well remembered um amongst dc fans so as as y'all were speaking i looked at that goal that you that you mentioned and it was cheeky but i thought it was cheeky in the sense of yeah i'm gonna just back heel it or or soft touch it no like this was an actual shot he just put it right next to the post as reese was expecting a cross so he got him good yeah yeah <laughs> i actually uh i was uh they used to have they when the baseball team came they tore down all those stands i was like right behind the goal uh when that when that goal happened uh standing right there uh so you could see it you could see reese just kind of cheat a little bit and then right. uh and then behind me picks up his head sees the wide open net and just takes the shot so it's, it's like that meme ha got him you know yeah. you got him <laughs> <laughs> so DC United, rich in history. Obviously, here at Dynamo, we respect history. We have some of our own that we're very proud of. I think of players, not Jaime, obviously one of them. Me, personally, I think of Eddie Pope. Mm -hmm. you know? But I have one deep in my heart. If I say the name, what comes to mind when I say Raul Diaz Arce? Oh, man, Raul Diaz. I mean, I, I, you're going you're gonna to have a hard time. I, I have watched highlights of Raul Diaz Arce. He was very <laughs> much 96, 97, 98. Um, right. When I was, you know, I, a baby. I, a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're six, seven years old, it's it's a little hard to, you know, and it, Raul Diaz Arce still was, was a fantastic player. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I, I, I feel like if, if this team can, can go out, if they ever find a player, who is El Salvadorian who can play at his level and, and be as great as he is, mm -hmm. then um, I, I really think that they will, they will have something. Um, they will have, they will, they will bring a lot of the fans back. They did that once when they had Christian, uh, I think it was Christian Castillo. Didn't that is really... pretty good, sir. Yeah. I must commend you. It is Christian Castillo. That's yeah. pretty damn good, sir. I commend <laughs> you for that. <laughs> Cause he did not do a great job, you know, while he was there. He... He was trying, but he couldn't. He couldn't make it, you know. Yeah, but when the when the fans, uh, <laughs> but when the fans uh, came in, um, he was uh, when the, when he came in, like the first game, there was a bunch of fans there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a packed house when he came back. Um, so yeah, if they could ever find like an El Salvadorian again, like like Raul Diaz Arce, who could play at his level, uh, I think they would they would truly have something here. They would Dude, they, they would have something that would grow and, and really be big. The, the problem is that they have every position minus that striker. There's not El Salvador's not known for strikers. It's more like short people that are technically sound. And and that's it. Raul Diaz Arce was like a, a number nine, you know. That's that's rare. That's yeah. rare, you know. But that's very interesting, and that's one of the reasons I want to go uh visit DC. And if you haven't guessed it, I have Salvadorian roots. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell, yeah. yeah. I can tell. Yeah. But let's transition into the game this weekend, mm-hmm. right? Um Part of the reason why OSG and I love to do these podcasts is to get to know the opponent more and to give your fans, you know, a, a, an idea of, of what they're going to see this weekend as well, right? So tell us about the formation that DC plays, the way they like to play, and then make your way into the starting lineup that you expect or heck. Who do you want to see, right? <laughs> and then OSG, he'll return the favor and he'll give you good insight on what the Dynamo, the Dynamo does and is expected to do this weekend. Yeah, well, it's been a, um, it's been an interesting, uh, an interesting season. Uh, so DC United, um, obviously hired uh, Hernan Lasada, um, last season, who was a, uh, who came in, came in. And preached this idea of uh, sort of maximum overdrive, pressing, you know, dispossession of the ball, you know, trying to be physically fit, which kind of maybe led to his downfall in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, so that's what DC has sort of adopted, and and you know, despite uh, despite the team letting him go. Uh, they have stated publicly that they still believe in this idea of sort of pressing uh, style of system, and they they don't have any intention of doing it, despite the fact they have longtime assistant Chad Ashton, uh, who's been with the team uh, since I I want to say like since two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, so he's he's been a, he's been a figurehead at the team um, for for a long time. Uh, but that but that's the style that they're looking to play. Uh, they're going to. Uh, press the ball from the front. Um, you know, they're going to try to force teams into, into making mistakes. Um, and when, you know, if, if, if the dynamo try to, you know, try to go at them, try to pass around them or do things like that, uh, they they may be in for, for a rough time. If DC is effective on their press, um, last season, there were numerous times when teams were very clearly not prepared for it. And, um, you know, DC would win the ball, you know, in midfield. They, they, they don't want to have possession. They, they prefer not to, um, they would rather, they would rather the other team have the ball and sort of wait for them to make the mistake. Um, and we see it work really well. Sometimes, of course, the, the antithesis is if you think you have a good enough defense and you basically just kind of roll the ball out to them and say, here, try to beat us. Uh, then you get what happened against Columbus. Um, which is a team that which Columbus basically sat back and I think DC won possession for the first time all season, but they also lost the game three to nothing. Um, so, uh, 
that that's what you can expect. Uh, sort of a high octane type of style. Uh, they recently signed a, a news designated player, uh, taxi Archis uh, Fontas, who's a Greek player from uh, the Austrian league uh, had a really, really strong start. Um, and really just um, really just sort of took the uh, just very much took the, the, the nature of sort of pass and move, move quickly. Don't think about it too much. Um, and, uh, was, was really, uh, was very effective in his first game, less so in the, in the, in the next game. Um, but you know, that, that's the, the type of game you're going to get. They're going to press, they're going to try to create chances. They're going to try to create high quality chances. Uh, the question is, can they finish them? And finishing has been a, been an issue. Um, also defensive defensively has been an issue. Uh, if you guys got any good set piece takers, uh, you guys might be in for a good night because DC has struggled mightily on set pieces. All three goals they gave up to Columbus last weekend, all three resulted either directly from a set piece or soon after a set piece. Uh, so uh, that's been a huge, huge struggle for this team defensively. Um, I, I will say, guys, you might be I, – I, I would feel more down on the goalkeeper situation, but Bill Hamid, um, according to Stephen Goff, Bill Hamid is – uh, perfectly healthy now or apparently off the injury list. So I think we'll see him this time instead of uh, you did not get the John Kempen show, uh, which he was not good against Columbus. So, so yeah, that's, that, that's what you can expect. Uh, as far as I think you asked about starting lineup, um, starting lineup uh, probably will be, uh, it's either going to be Kamara or Michael Estrada playing the number nine. Uh, Michael Estrada is a uh, Ecuadorian that we signed uh, on loan from Liga MX. Um, and then you're going to have uh, Taxi Taxi Arches Fontas or uh, and Edison Flores. Maybe we see Flores was kind of dropped from the team, was not really performing that well. He's looked a tiny bit better as of late, but he's sort of the other designated player, has not been good enough. Uh, center midfield, you're going to see um, uh, you're going you're going to see uh, Russell Canals, also Chris Durkin, who was a homegrown we sold to Belgium and just brought back. Uh, and then this team is also going to rely heavily on wing play from uh, Julian Gressel and um, and Brad Smith. Uh, well, as long as everybody's healthy, there's always injuries that pop up. Um, and then uh, sort of your 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 three center backs. Uh, they've been kind of rotating that a little bit as their struggles. Uh, you're definitely probably going to see Steve Birnbaum and Brendan Heinzike. Uh, Tony O'Farrell got the start last week. Didn't really do that well. So, I mean, I would expect uh, Donovan Pines, the homegrown, to kind of step in there. Uh, and then in goal, as long as uh, Bill Hamid's healthy, Bill Hamid will start in this game. Uh, the team is also missing uh, Andy Nahar, uh, who was a also a homegrown who came back uh, after several injury issues, uh, has been fantastic for this team. Uh, but again, you know, staying off the injury sheet has been a the injury report has been a, a struggle for him. So uh, he won't be back probably for at least another few weeks. So you're, you're dealing with a little more weak inside, but uh, but still still can be a pretty dangerous side. And who's your striker going to be? Uh, I said either Michael Estrada or Ola Kamara, one of the two. Um, okay, because Kamara's your you know your leading goal scorer, right? And is and you and you said uh, Estrada was coming back from an injury, or is are they just fighting for time with each other? Well, I, I said um, Andy Har is is coming back from injury. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, Ola Ola Kamara, so Ola Kamara, yeah, Ola Kamara's an interesting story. Because uh, the team signed him to kind of be this number nine, he struggled very mightily. Had a great, obviously was tied for the goal for the most goals in the league uh, last season. Um, but essentially, uh, but essentially, he has been uh, the team has apparently been trying to trade him. Uh, he takes up an international slot. 
I think they they think that at this point this was his highest value. They have not been able to to get that fee. I guess they want for him, so he's still on the team. He's still getting minutes. Uh, but they have brought in Michael Estrada, who I think they thought could be the replacement. Um, he has a couple goals on him, um, but has not been, I guess, has not wrestled the position completely away from Kamara. So um, I'll be curious to see who starts. Kamara got the start last week. Wasn't that great. Maybe Estrada gets the start this week. So it's going to be one of the two there. I'm I'm, I'm torn as to who I think, uh, as to who I think would, would be the best striker there, um, to be honest. So without going into detail, which which striker would you prefer to have in a receiving position in the box as far as crosses coming through the air or receiving crosses and then just taking that, that shot? Which which one of those strikers would you prefer that would that would do better off in that position in a congested in a congested center area as well? Yeah, I mean to be honest, like that's not I mean crosses into the box I, I i don't think like ola kamar is a short defender but that's not really his game style his game style is you know he's going to be a fox in the box type of type of striker he wants the ball at his feet and he wants to sort of place it where he wants it um and he's not really a guy who's going to jump up sort of as a target style man i think michael estrada could certainly do it um i think he maybe has a little bit of a height advantage there so i guess i'm i'm, I'm more inclined to lean him um, but you know, I, I don't think any of DC strikers are really the type of like target forward. Um, all of them are going to kind of either play cleanup sort of in the box, or they're going to, you know, make, want to make runs and receive, you know, sort of on the ground passes or whip crosses, um, rather than your sort of floated crosses where you want a strong, um, forward to head the ball. Okay. And it looks like you've already scored from a couple of set pieces. Uh, were those uh, direct set piece goals, or I mean, were they they assisted? Who, who's your set piece guy? Is he, is he something special, or it, we just... to to be honest, it's Julian Gressel. Uh, now, Julian Gressel is not a like not a direct set piece taker, as in he's going to score the goal, um, but he is very much a. Uh, he's more of a guy who's going to provide service to the attack. Um, so that that's sort of his specialty is that his ability to kind of like float a ball in, play a ball, you know, play a ball into, into space and to have, uh, and to have the team uh, finish it. So um, he, he, he's, he's that type of player. Uh, you'll probably see him mostly on set pieces, but the team kind of lacks sort of a more direct uh, shot on goal type of set piece taker. They don't really have that. Um, Edison Flores presumably should be the guy, but he he hasn't been that really either. So, and we don't know. We'll just we'll just defend the cross. Okay, I'll let him know. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so, sure I'm sure I, I can't think of who who else coach is, um, but I'm sure he's prepared for that. Nagamora, first yeah. first season with us, but uh, it, it looks like you're you're in like a three four two one or yep. what kind of. Form? It is okay. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it's a three. You play three center backs. Um, you're gonna have your your four, your two wing backs uh, are going to kind of push forward, uh, and then you have your two center sort of midfielders just kind of holding the holding the line, um, and then you've got your sort of three front three of attacking players. Um, so that that's kind of how it works. Uh, the the attacking players in, in Taxi and and Flores will definitely play further up the field, um, but yeah, that's 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 the base that's the base formation for 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 DC. This this, this may turn into a wild game, so. <laughs> 
We'll see. We'll see. You guys like to shoot it from half field, so. Hey, hey we'll take the open goals when we can get them. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I guess to counteract, I'll go with I'll go with the lineup, and then I'll I'll intrude to the start uh, the style of play that you're going to see. And now that I've heard some of yours, it kind of it it I I think it kind of helps me to know what Nag to what Nagamora might what kind of role he'll play, especially with us being on the roll and, and what you're going to see from the Dynamo this weekend. But you're definitely going to see Steve Clark, the 35-year-old superhero in the goal for us. And then uh, we do a 4-2-3-1, uh, also a 4-3-3, just to keep it simple for some of these other listeners sometimes. But it's four four backs starting left to right, and it's going to be uh, Lundquist, and then we'll have Teenage Hadabi, and then we'll have Tim Parker. And then on the right side, I, I I don't know if this is the game yet, but so we'll just keep it normal and then I'll come back to it. But it's going to be Dorsey, who is a transitioned right winger for last season. And now this season he's playing right back uh, since we like to push up and attack. And he's been doing OK and he hasn't hasn't done nothing to lose his job. So right now, Dorsey will be that right back. Uh, the two center, two center mids, you're going to have Coco Karaskia and then. Barring the injury, I think Vera's back and ready to come back. He missed last game due to injury, but Matias Vera will be that other back, and he's the one that plays that deep center defensive uh, mid role where he'll join the the two center backs in defense and let everybody else go up and attack, and those three will just hold it down right there. Uh, the cam, which is a, a center, the center attacking, is going to be Darwin Contero, and he plays more like a striker, so you'll see – Fafa Pico on the far left. You're going to see, I think, Corey Baird is going to make it back into the starting lineup this week, and he'll be on the right side playing the right wing. And then, of course, you'll have Seabass playing the striker. But but as far as DQ, I think that man just roams like Seabass is an island, and DQ just roams along the shores. And you just see that man running around everywhere looking for looking for just anything his little twinkle toes can do and pulling magic tricks out of his hat. But as as far as the style that Houston's going to bring to you now that you know you you're going to be a, I, I guess y'all going to be a, a pressing and pushing team a non possessive so you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna kind of high attack. Uh, we're we're not going to press y'all that high. We will we will defend our own half of the field, and our our team defends pretty pretty friggin' well right now as a as a as a unit. And so those lines will drop back on the back half of the field. And then once you come into our half, then you'll see kind of start to press. But we'll hold the inside of middle of the field. We'll give you those wings, and we're going to let you get down into that 18-yard area to where you can get those crosses off or or drop it back and try to get back into your center, your center passing lanes as far as defending. Uh, attacking. Uh, we're we're gonna play back the, the the back line of the ball just to get some possession and some some passing in there, and once we get into the midfield, they're looking to go forward immediately to the wings. And uh, if you're if you're formation and you're pushing up, we will play that ball out to Fafa on a heartbeat or or Corey Baird on a heartbeat, and uh, that's why I said I think this game's gonna kind of get wild because uh, we like to use our wings and. I kind of feel like the way you're pressing, your formation might open that up to where our, our wings will have a chance to make some runs, and they do have some some good speed. So it depends on how your your center backs are paying attention and the vision of their game. And uh, 
it, it's going to be interesting. We're not finding Sebastian Fidea right now directly. We're, we're, we're sending the balls in and just kind of hoping. So once that connectability comes with Seabass, and it, it's 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 there. They see it, but uh, once they start getting that, he's going to start scoring, and that's going to that might be some trouble for y'all when with him in the box. And but that's what you're going to look like from us. Uh, no set no set piece taker, but there is a Brazilian intrigue that the fans have been looking at with Zeca, who is a a, a new signee that we got, and he's been getting some playing time, and we like him better. He's Knows that position. He's plays that position. He's got technically, he technically gifted. Looks better than Dorsey. So we're hoping he gets a start. And then another recently guy signed another Brazilian, Tiago. We'll just call him Tiago. Can't even pronounce it right. But uh, he's been getting some playing time on the first team, and he's only been here for like three or four weeks. And uh, it kind of looks like we may see a Brazilian influence here pretty soon with Zeca starting at the right back and Tiago getting that right wing. And I know that'll get some intrigue going with some of the fans and some interest, but that's what you're going to get from Houston. And I'm seeing a two, two game. And I don't, I don't know. It might be, I don't know who's going to score late though. Somebody's going to be down. <laughs> you're going to go to two, two. Yeah, I, I would bet on. I would honestly bet on you guys to score late. I think it would be two one. Two two would probably be DC's up two one, and then um, if it's anything like Houston, they they give up a late goal. Um, so I, I just hope maybe we just I don't know we we haven't done well on the road where we haven't done well in our last two games. Uh, you know we're we're having trouble kind of. I don't know. So we're we're hoping for a good a good turnout and a good performance and maybe come out with a win. Uh, you, you never know. And shoot, I was looking at y'all standings. If y'all come out with a win, y'all still have a game in hand. You could jump up to six just like that. <laughs> yeah. We'll like, see, man. It's, it's, it's I, honestly like, I don't know what to expect from DC. I guess my, my prediction is, is two, one. Um, you know, if, if, if taxi's firing on all cylinders, like he was against new England, um, he was incredible in that game. Uh, then I think you guys might be in trouble. Uh, but if 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 it's if it's a game like Houston, you know, if it's a game like Columbus where we're, we're struggling to create chances, we're missing chances. It's not all there. It could be a, it could be a long night. Um, th- this team, I, I do not know uh, what to expect from this team. To be honest, Ooh, well, that'll be that'll definitely be interesting because we're just we're just going to come in and congest the middle and and. We're gonna have you're gonna have to force a mistake on us, or just make a, you know, we I like to say golazos, but some brilliant bangers. And so, like I said, this game could be interesting, very, very interesting. And uh, both sides are in need of a win right now. I think, aren't they? Yeah, I think both. I think DC especially. Um, and you know, it's it's it, the the last time we played a team from Texas, we held the lead for, uh, for for eighty minutes, and then and then lost it. So. Um, I, th- oh, I think maybe, maybe yeah. we're looking to exact some some revenge on that front. So, well, maybe we are too. And since ours is more recent, <laughs> more recent than yours, since and that's to the same played. team, to the same team, mind you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we've got some frustration to come out and, and release because, uh, you know, we both. Man, this sucks though. We both have the Open Cup game following this one, so we can't go on a three-game losing streak going into an Open Cup against a USL team and. 
and then just fall apart in that game. So we, we have to come to D.C. and win. So the boys are going to get off the bus and they're going to be ready to go. Let me let me ask you something, Ted, as y'all were talking. What's what are you what's your perception? And I'm saying yours because I know you can't speak for all D.C. United fans. What's your perception on the Dynamo? What do you know about the Dynamo? What don't you know about the Dynamo? If I'm being honest, I mean, yeah, I, please, I, please. I, I mean, if I, I it's I really, okay if it's nothing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I keep up with, I try to keep up with Lisa mostly. I know you guys are signing Ache Ache. Um, I know that was the big, the movie for you guys. I, I feel a lot of like, I feel a lot of it's a lot of the same things, you know, their, their frustrations amongst, uh, amongst the uh, DC, you know, DC fans with ownership and, and how much they're willing to spend. I know there must be frustrations on the Houston side with the same thing. Um, we both feel like teams that that had something you know special. You guys had the the cup wins with with De Rosario and and um, and and those years and, and the back to back cup wins and and then it's all it all kind of it's all kind of faded. You know, you got the new stadium and and you know I, the atmosphere. I know the stadiums has not been you know as imposing um, as maybe it could be, and a lot of that maybe has to do with with the team and, and what they're willing to spend and. And you know their performances. Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of similarities between DC fans and Houston fans um, as far as uh, as far as that spending and 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 what they're willing to do. Um, so and, and now you got Austin coming in, so maybe that maybe that galvanizes things. So like I said, you guys got Ache Ache coming on. So um, I'm sure I'm sure you guys are gonna have uh, I'm sure you guys are gonna have. Uh, are, are going to get some some buzz and maybe some some fan interest when he comes to to, to town, for sure. Well, and and Herman, tell him we're we just, we're going through that complete overhaul right now. Where we're yeah. less than a, the, uh, a year into new ownership, less than six months into new new uh, GM, and less than even uh, what four months into a new head coach. And you know, Ache Ache, the signing coming on June 9th is his first game, and Sebastian Fidea, the new current record uh, holder until, uh, well, I guess the new he was he is the record holder for uh, contract. So. Uh, we got rid of the bad taste. I mean, the bad taste is still there, but we got rid of the bad apple. And so now the new shiny apple is, is somebody everybody loves already. And Pat Odstad, the GM, who's a genius. So the, of course our, our keeper from back in the day. And so it's, it's, it's things are looking up and we're not worried about the ugly neighbor over there. You know, <laughs> they, 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 they put the fans in their stands and, I'm glad they're having a good time right now, but you know we're worried about Forever Orange over here in Houston, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep Texas Orange, and we we're just we're just rebuilding right now, and as we're gonna get stronger, and we're gonna this this new this new ownership is is gonna bring the fans back. They're trying to bring the community more involved on the outside, so uh, it, it's growing. It but it's a brand new start right now. Right, both of y'all said it nicely. You know, it, same sentiments as, as these United fans. Thankfully, we can begin to see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, thanks to this new ownership that seems motivated and seems um, like it's made a priority to interact with its fan base and mm -hmm. reincorporate club legends and have that relationship with the fans. So there is optimism. Uh, like you said, uh, Ache Ache and... Uh, we broke our transfer free on a on a striker Ferreira, 
So obviously that kind of excites the diehards like us. And we wish that signings like that help speed the rebuild. But the team is such in a bad shape that we we find it hard to accept that it's going to take a while <laughs> before things get good. But at least at least we're optimistic, you know, looking forward. So a lot of the similar similar sentiments for sure. But uh, OSG, any any other questions that we had for Ted, man? No, no other questions. Just one little final note, and you know, then he can, if he's got a question or a rebuttal. But you know, Houston's on a five-game streak against DC, dating back to however uh, we haven't played each other in three friggin' years as well. So I think May eighteenth of twenty nineteen was the last time we played each other. So this should be interesting. Nobody's going to know each other, and both teams are just going to have to find that final net and get that three points. <laughs> Any any questions for us, Ted? Any curiosities or anything? No, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the match, and thank you guys for having me on. So tell tell the people where they can follow you and and the work that you do for United ninety six. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, I'm at at rfk underscore ted. If you want sort of my personal thoughts on the team, um, at United ninety six pod is our is our Twitter account for the for the DC focus podcast. We also tweet from at RFK Refugees. Um, you know, we're trying to trying to build both brands basically out there. So uh, so definitely check us out there. We got thoughts on the team. Uh, check out our podcast if you want thoughts on DC. We we, we do, I said we do a live show every Monday. Um, you know, we also and then we release the podcast on Tuesday. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun fun doing it. We take calls. We get we get some. We get like your like regular like startup podcast call call volume like one or two. Uh, within 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 a show so better than zero i'll tell you that man <laughs> <laughs> slow and steady baby well <laughs> well when lasada got fired we had like four calls and 70 oh. listeners and then it's like goes down to 20 so big events happen people people show up so right 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 so we're, we're gonna start wrapping up here but osg tell tell the people where they can follow you man yeah, of course. So it's a old soccer guy or at Eric Simpson five. It's on Twitter and same thing on Instagram. Instagram's more kind of stories. Uh, when I'm at the games, you know, Twitter, just try to keep you updated on news. And then of course at Dynalytics underscore is where you want to follow the podcast and updates on ep- new episodes and updates. Also you at Somo seven, one, three, Ted, you and any of your friends at D.C. are invited Saturday night after the game. About 15 minutes after the game ends, we're going to hop on uh, Twitter and run a space. And we're just going to talk about our feelings for the game. And we always invite and welcome the opponent to hop in if they want to say something and give their feelings about it. Uh, They're welcome to. They can stay as long as they want or they can just hop in real quick, say something and then hop out. But that's something else we do on the weekends after game and then, you know, we're we're here for you and uh, good luck this weekend. Yeah, well, you wishing me luck, man. I wish you none of the luck, none of the luck, That's guys. Okay. I yeah, want I, I want victories. I want it's, points. 
it's that southern hospitality, you know. Fair enough, fair enough. It's, it's not just a myth, it is actually real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's the more of the coach, the inner coach in me too, you know, coaching the the youth kids. It's it's good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck. <laughs> I think it's instilled in me still. <laughs> oh man, now you guys are making me. I was expecting to be the now you guys are making me uh Making me feel bad. All right. Nah, you're good. That's okay. Hey, we wish you the luck. You said no. I hope karma wins during those 90 minutes. And <laughs> I, I prefer the honesty, man. I I, I, pre I prefer Absolutely. and I respect the honesty. That's much yeah. much more uh, preferred for sure. So, keeping it real. Yeah, keeping it real, man. And uh, no, thanks again for joining us. And then for the fans, always you tell them where they can go listen to the podcast. Oh yeah, of course. You know, always if you if you're not following on Twitter at Dynalytics, follow the follow us on Spotify or, or on Anchor. And once you get on the Spotify, just type in Dyn Dynalytics. You'll see the logo, and boom, there we are. And all your episodes are right there. We record the Twitter Spaces also, so if you miss the Twitter Space, you can always go back and re-listen and see what happened. Good deal. So make sure to join us this Saturday, 15 minutes after the final whistle. On behalf of OSG and Dynalytics, Ted, thank you so much for joining us, man. This was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for, uh, for I appreciate you guys for inviting me on. All right. Thank you so much. Go Dynamo. Vamos. Ooh. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in a place.